Yo, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we are studying Daf Memtes of Masechta Erevin. Memtes, it's kind of cool. It's a little technical, I guess, but whatever. Um, so the Gemara starts off talking about Reb Shimon's opinion about those three chutzers. Remember the three chutzers that like, some of them made an Eruv and some of them didn't, right? The two on the outside made an Eruv with the one on the inside, but the ones on the outside didn't make an Eruv with each other. That whole situation. Uh, someone who is Makbit on his Eruv. That, that, so that's actually an interesting sugya, which is like the whole point of Eruv. The Gemara says something awesome, which is Mashmo Eruv Shmo. After all, it's called an Eruv, meaning point of Erev is that people are joining together. So let's say you have one fellow who's very makvid, don't don't eat my bread that I contributed. Well, you're not really joining together so good if you're very makvid. So, so that we're going to see uh, what the implications of that are. The mechanics of an Erev. What are you accomplishing when you make an Erev? What's the point? What are you trying to accomplish by joining, by coming together? Um, and then being Kona Shvisa under a distant tree. That's interesting, right? Meaning if when Shabbos comes in, um, you say, you don't say like, I'm going to be Kona Shvisa here. What if you say, I'm going to be Kona Shvisa a little bit further ahead? Can you do that? And then just, Kilo, you're going to walk to that place and it'll be like, now you're just walking part of the 2000 Amis until you get to that place and you can continue walking 2000 Amis from that place where you want to be Kona Shvisa. Can you be Kona Shvisa and sort of like a, off in the distance as long as it's within 2000 Amis? So all of these in Yonim are going to be discussed on Daf Memtes of Mesechta Erevin. Chevra, we find ourselves on the Memches Amud Beis, two, four, five lines from the bottom. Amr of Yehuda, Amr Rav, Zodvei Reb Shimon, of Achacham of Omrim, Rishus Achas, Mishameshes L'Shtei Rishus, Valo Shtei Rishus, Mishamshus Rishus Achas. You guys got that? Good. Let's go weiter. Okay, let's read that again. Amr of Yehuda, Amr Rav. So it says of Yehuda, Amr Rav, Zodvei Reb Shimon. This is the opinion of Reb Shimon. What's the opinion of Reb Shimon? That he said, um, no. Who could tell me what he said? Who remembers? You have three chatseris. They're one one next to the other, right? So you have chatser A, chatser B, and chatser C. Now, each one has their own exit to Rishus Hayachid, like Rishus Harabim. They're not dependent on each other. They're, they're three completely distinct chatseris, okay? And they have doorways that go in between them. So they're open to one another, okay? Now, they all made their own Eruvi chatseros within their own chatser, so they can carry in their own chatser. But, as things stand, you cannot carry between Chatzor A and Chatzor B, and between Chatzor B and Chatzor C, etc. You can't carry between them because they're, they're different Rishos uh, Hayachids. Uh, we know you can't carry from one Rishos Hayachid to another one if they're owned by different people. So what they do, and now what happens in this case, is that Rishos A, right, Chatzor A made an Arab with Chatzor B, and Chatzor C also made an Arab with Chatzor B. But Chatzor A and Chatzor C did not make an Arab with each other. So Reb Shimon says that um, Chatzar B is allowed to carry between itself as well as Chatzar A and Chatzar C. However, Chatzars A and C would be unable to carry between one and the other, right? Between, the, between each other because they didn't make an error with each other, but they can carry each between, you know, with Chatzar B because they made an error with Chatzar B. So, says Rav, now this is Rav Shimon's opinion, um, that you can have a situation where one rishus, i.e. rishus B, is going to be uh, sort of usable for two rishus, i.e. I, A and C. Let's keep on reading for a second. But you can't have 
two Rishuyos that are, you know, usable for one Rishus. Meaning, Rishus A, so, so, so what the Chachamim are saying is that in this case, where Chatzar A and Chatzar C each made an Eruv with Chatzar B, but not with each other. So the Chachamim say that Chatzars A and C would be allowed to carry into Chatzar B because you can have a situation where one Chatzar, i.e. Chatzar B, is usable by two different Rishuyos, i.e. A and C. However, you can have a situation where Chatzar B is able to use both Chatzar A and Chatzar C. How come that is? Well, because what's an Eruv? An Eruv is coming together, is joining together. Well, Chatzar C never made an Eruv with Chatzar A. So when Chatzar B joins together with Chatzar C, well, they're becoming one. They're, you know, they're mamish becoming one. Now, Chatzar C never made an Eruv with Chatzar A. So therefore, when B comes together with C, Mimele is now not going to be allowed to carry into Chatzar A anymore because it's part of C now. And C never didn't make an Eruv with Chatzar A. And then when Chatzar B makes an Eruv with Chatzar A, the same thing happens. Well, Chatzar B is now part of Chatzar A, and Chatzar A didn't make an Eruv with Chatzar C, so therefore you can't carry in Chatzar C. So by B joining together with C, it cannot carry in Chatzar A. And by B joining together with A, it can no longer carry in Chatzar C. So basically, it's, it can't carry in either one of those two. So says the Chachamim that uh, in this case, Chatzars A and C would be allowed to carry into B, but B would not be allowed to carry into A or C, okay? Um, but Rib Shimon says that, um, you know, Chatzar B can carry in, into A and C, and A and C can carry into B, just not into each other. Now, says, says Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda continues, that was Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav, and he continues, Kamrisa Kame de Shmuel, Rav Yehuda, of course, was a student of both Rav and Shmuel. So when Rav Yehuda said this in front of Shmuel, Omerli, Shmuel said, actually, what you're, the opinion that you're saying in the name of the Chachamim, that Chatzar's A and C can carry into B, but B can carry into neither. It can only carry within C, within, no, within B, i.e. within its own Chatzar. It cannot, with its own Rishus, it can't carry into A or C. So Shmuel said, actually, Rab Shimon agrees with that. That's Rab Shimon's opinion as well. But Chacham say that, that actually, in this case, Nobody can carry into any other uh, into any other rishuyos unless they all made an eruv together and they all made eruvs with each other. Well, then nobody can carry between any of the rishuyos. Okay, fine. That's the Chacham's opinion. Tanikavase the Rav Yehuda Aliba de Shmuel, and we have a brisa supporting what Rav Yehuda is saying in the name of Shmuel that even Rav Shimon would say that Chatzar B is not allowed to carry into A or C. Okay, what's his brisa? What is this setup, this situation similar to? To three um, courtyards that are open into one another. And each one has its own exit into Rishusarabim. If the two outer ones made an Erev with the middle one, so you can take food from a house in Chatzar C and bring it into Chatzar B and eat it there. And you can also take some food from one of the houses. You know, somebody who lives in Chatzar A could also take some food from his house, bring it to Chatzar B and eat dart in 
The guy from Chatzor C who had taken some food into Chatzor B and is eating it darin, he can take it back to his uh, house in Chatzor C. And the guy who lives in Chatzor A who took some food into Chatzor B, he can also bring it back home. I.e., what do we see? We see that Chatzors A and C are able to carry between, you know, to Chatzor B and back. However, what do we also see? We see that this Brysa says absolutely nothing about what um, Chatzor B is allowed to do. That's because Chatzor B is not allowed to do anything except carry within itself. It cannot carry between, you know, A and C. Um, so we see that, and that's Reb Shimon's opinion, right? There's Reb Shimon talking. So we see that Reb Shimon's opinion is like Shmuel says, which is that um, Chatzor's A and C can carry into B, but Chatzor B uh, cannot carry into A nor C. Aval Chachamim Omrim continues the Bryce that the Chachamim say Shlosh and Asuris that all three would be Asur. So this Bryce is exactly like what Shmuel is saying. Was the Shmuel the and Shmuel goes according to his reasoning. Okay, let's go weiter. Erva im shneem, right? Now, just to point out, so remember we saw the other day that when you have a machlokas by Hilchos Erevin, so we go like the more lenient opinion. So here also we see that basically um, Shmuel is saying a halacha, and Mistamad halacha is going to be like the lenient opinion. Who's the lenient opinion here? Um, Shmuel. Shmuel, no, he's Shmuel. The lenient opinion is, is Reb Shimon. So we see that Shmuel in his ruling, which obviously is going to be like the lenient opinion, because it's, we always go like the lenient opinion by Erevin, he's saying exactly like he says in the name of Reb Shimon. So Va'az the Shmuel the time is, so Shmuel is consistent with his reasoning. The Amr Shmuel, Shmuel, that Shmuel said, Chatzor Shebein Shte Mivo'os. Yoiks. Okay. Not that hard. But you got a hot cup. Got a hot cup. So imagine you have a configuration which is chatzer mavui chatzer mavui chatzer, meaning you have three chatzeris, okay, and then there are two mavois um, between the chatzeris, right? Meaning you have chatzer mavui chatzer mavui chatzer, okay? So you have one chatzer that's in the middle that basically kind of shares the mavui with the two outer ones. So if you basically, again, you have a situation of chatzor A, B, and C, and between each of them is a mavui. So you have chatzor A, then a mavui, and then chatzor B, and then a mavui, and then chatzor C. So chatzor B, um, sort of on both sides, is sharing a chatzor with a, a mavui with another chatzor, okay? So, so basically, in order to carry, they're all going to have to make like, you know, right? So like, so let's say Chatzor A made an Eruv within itself. So meaning it made an Eruv Chatzeros within its own Chatzor, but it's not going to be able to carry into the Mavoi because it's shared with Chatzor B as well. So Chatzor B is going to, they're going to have to do a Shi Now the same thing is going to apply to Chatzor C, right? Um, you know, even if they made their own Eruv Chatzeros, they're not going to be able to carry into the Mavoi that's next to them because Chatzor B also opens up into that Mavoi. So like, that, you know, both of them are going to have to do an, uh, a Shitufe Muvos with Chatzor B if they're going to want to carry in their respective Mavois. So, so Chatzor Shebein Shnei Muvos. So when you have this Chatzor, Chatzor B, that is, um, between, that's basically opens up in, on both sides to a Mavoi. So Erva im Shneem, so if, um, basically the, so, Chatzor's A and B and C, they all did their own Eruve Chatzeris. And then they also did a Shitufa Imuvos with Chatzor B. So basically, um, 
yeah, whatever. So they all, so basically it's kind of similar to like our case of like when you have not with a Mavoi, but when you have Chatzar A made an Erev with Chatzar B and Chatzar C made an Erev with Chatzar B. So here also you have basically Chatzar A made a Shitufe Mavos with Chatzar B and also Chatzar C made a Shitufe Mavos. I mean, Shitufe Mavos, of course, is just, as Rashi said already in Mesech the Shabbos, that um, Erev, when it comes to Mavoi, is called Shitufe Mavos, right? So it's basically the same thing. I assume that the Erev here is talking about Shitufe Mavos. That they're basically making an Erev for a Mavoi. So if Chatzar B made an Erev with both Chatzar A and Chatzar C in the Mavoi, so, so, Erva im shneim, if Chatzar B made an Erev with both A and C, Asura im shneim, well then Chatzar B is not going to be allowed to carry into either, well, into the Mavui, right? I mean, because it's not going to work for B, because as we saw, that, um, that, um, basically when you have Chatzar B that makes an Erev with A and C, so A and C are able to carry into Chatzar B, but B cannot carry into Chatzar A or C. So the same thing over here. Um, you know, uh, so, so the Erev is going to work for Chatzar A and for Chatzar C, so they're going to be able to carry in the Mavoy, but Chatzar B is going to be stuck. Lo Erva im Shneem. If, um, if Chatzar B made an Erev with neither one of them, okay, so, I mean, it could be even that, like, they all made their own Eruvs for themselves, right? Meaning, so that you can carry in Chatzar A, you could ha- carry in Chatzar B, and you can carry in Chatzar C, but you wouldn't be able to carry in the Mavoy, because you didn't make any Eruv, nobody made an Eruv together in the Mavoy. Well, then, Osiris al Shnein, well, now nobody can carry in the Mavoy, because, you know, for Chatzar A, can't, you can't carry, they can't carry in the, in the Mavoy, because Chatzar B also shares the Mavoy with them. And Chatzar C can't carry in their Mavoy, because Chatzar B also shares the Mavoy with them. So, the fact that they didn't make, nobody made an error with Chatzar B, means that nobody can carry in the Mavoys anymore. So now, what if, so technically speaking, there is an, you know, there is an entranceway for Chatzar B, to go into, you know, to kind of exit from the Chatzar into either Mavoy. But the fact of the matter is that the residents of Chatzar B, generally speaking, let's say, use the Mavoy that's connected to Chatzar C. They don't really use the Mavoy that's connected to Chatzar A. Well, if that's the case, so I said, if, if Chatzar B would generally use one of the Mavoys and not the other, so Zesha Regila Bo Os Asur, well then, if that's the case, well then we really only take into account the Mavoy that Chatzar B generally uses. So therefore, you know, we'll treat it at that, that the Mavoy between Chatzar B and Chatzar C, in, in my example that I gave, so that's the Mavoy that really Chatzar B is connected with, and Chatzar B and Chatzar C are going to have to make an Eruv together if they want to be able to carry in the Mavoy. But the fact of the matter is that Chatzar B doesn't really use the one, the Chatzar that is next to Chatzar A. And therefore, we can treat it that, you know, that Chatzar B really doesn't have a connection to Chatzar, the Chatzar, uh, to the Mavoy by Chatzar A. And Chatzar A, um, would be able to use that Mavoy, even though they did not make an Erev with Chatzar B. Now, what if, for whatever reason, Chatzar B made an Erev with Chatzar A? Even though it usually uses the Mavoy that's next to Chatzar C, but the fact that Chatzar B made an Erev with Chatzar A shows that their intention was Davka to, you know, be making, uh, to be making an Erev with Chatzar A. 
And therefore, we could treat it, you know, they're not going to make it cause problems for Chatzar C to be able to carry in, 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 in the Mavoy, and Chatzar C can carry in the Mavoy even without making an Erev with Chatzar B, since Chatzar B specifically made an Erev with Chatzar A. So they're no longer connected at all to Chatzar C. So, 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 erva, so I'm a rabbi bar I'm going to repeat that. Erva im she'ena regilabo, if for whatever reason Chatzar B made an Erev with Chatzar A, hut well then, um, Chatzar C scores, and Chatzar C would be allowed to carry in the Mavoi even without an air, uh, even without making an Eruv with Chatzar B. V'amur Rabbi Barifuna, Amur Shmuel, it says Rabbi Barifuna in the name of Shmuel, Im Erev Ragil Le'atzmo, Vizet She'ena Regilabo, Lo Erev Vihi Atzma Lo Erva, this is very interesting. So now again, if Chatzar B, generally speaking, uses the Mavoy that's next to Chatzar C, okay? So we said that Chatzar B is going to, if, if Chatzar B and C did not make an Erev together, well then Chatzar C is not going to be able to carry in the Mavoy anymore. But what if Chatzar C made an Erev with themselves, meaning meaning they made an Erev with Chatzeros within Chatzar C, and they can, the people in Chatzar C would be allowed to carry in their Chatzar. Now, Chatzar, and they also want to be able to carry in the Mavu, but they didn't make an Erev with Chatzar B. Now, Chatzar B didn't even make their own Erev, so nobody in Chatzar B is even able to carry anything out of their house. And the same thing in Chatzar A. Nobody in Chatzar A made an Erev either. Chatzar A didn't make an Erev either. Nobody in Chatzar A is allowed to take anything out of their house. Well, even though Chatzar B generally would use the Mavoy that's between them and Chatzar C, however, in this case, where Chatzar C is the only one who got their act together and made a an Eruv, and they also want to be able to carry in the Mavoy, we say, you know what? Chatzar B, you know, Chatzar, you know, basically, they don't lose out. You know, we're not going to say that Chatzar B is now going to prevent uh, the people in Chatzar C from carrying the Mavoy because we could just say, look, Chatzar B didn't make an Arab, Chatzar A didn't make an Arab, let's just consider that they are connected and they're not allowed to carry in their Mavoy, but don't have Chatzar B, um, you know, cause problems for, for, for Chatzar C who did make an Arab. So in that case, we'll just say, you know what, we'll treat it as if Chatzar B is connected with the, with the Mavoy that, that's next to Chatzar A and say that, you know, Chatzar B and Chatzar A are not allowed to carry Obviously not in the Chatzar and certainly not in the um, Mavu either because they didn't make any Arabs. But the people in Chatzar C would be allowed to carry in their Chatzar and also in the Mavu. And we're not going to say that Chatzar B is going to cause problems for Chatzar C and their Mavu. And we say that that's We force a situation for Midastom. What's Midastom? Midastom is Shali Shali. Right? What's mine is mine. Meaning if we would say that Chatzar B is now going to prevent Chatzar C from carrying in their Mavu, it would be like, that's such a, you know, not nice thing to do. Like, Chatzar B, they didn't make an Erev anyways, right? So why should, and neither did Chatzar A. And if we could just say that, you know, Chatzar A and Chatzar B, they're their own, you know, uh, unit, and they can't carry at all. And by doing that, we can allow Chatzar C to carry. Well, then, um, why, why, why not why not do that? Uh, I think we're done with Chatzar's A, B, and C for now. But we're not done with Eruvei Chatzeres, though. Amr Yudah, Amr Shmuel, says Rav Yudah in the name of Shmuel, HaMakbid al Eruvo in Eruvo Erev. If somebody's Makbid on his Erev, what does that mean? It means that if, you know, what's an Erev? So let's say you have a Chatzar with five houses in it. So you're not allowed to carry in the Chatzar, right? Unless you make an Eruvei Chatzeres. What's an Eruvei Chatzeres? So everybody in the Chatzar takes some bread 
and they put it in one in one person's house. So there's five houses in the Chatzar, you know, all five houses take a, a loaf of bread, and they all put their bread in, in one of the houses. That is, and by doing that, we're going to see later on in the daf what exactly they're accomplishing, but let's just say for now, it's as if they're all kind of like, you know, having a slumber party in that one house for Shabbos, and that's kind of where everybody lives, and all the other houses there are just kind of like, you know, imagine a property that there are multiple houses, so there's like one owner of the property, even though there's a bunch of houses here also, they all kind of like are jointly um, like staying at this one house, and all the other houses are just kind of like, you know, part of this one big Chatzar uh, uh, with a bunch of houses, but there's one sort of main house where they're all staying. Now, if one person is going to say, I don't want anybody else eating my bread for whatever reason, well, that he's not really being very much of a team player. He's not, you know, he's kind of giving, making it clear that he's not really interested in joining together with everybody else and being together with everybody else. So that's going to, that's going to cause problems for the Arab according to Shmuel, right? Because as Shmuel says, Mashmo Erev Shmuel says, look, the fact of the matter is we, we call it a joining together. Erev means to join together. So like, you know, if you're not going to be a team player and you're not going to be willing to join together, well, then you're missing the point of Erev and it's not going to be a good Erev. Rav Chanina Ad Gizak, Eruvo Erev. Rav Chanina says, look, at the end of the day, the Erev is going to work. You all took bread, you contributed, you put it, you know, you contributed and you put it in somebody's house. It's going to work. But you're going to be called like the people of Vardina that they were very, uh, you know, very you know, mock bit on things like this and like nobody else taking their stuff or nobody else like touching their stuff. Amr of Yidol Amashmil says of Yehuda in the name of Shmuel. Hacholik es Eruvo. What if you have these same five people and they put their loaves of bread in one of the houses, but they put it in two different vessels, right? We saw this the other day, right? They don't all put it in one basket or something. They put it in two different baskets. So Eno Erev, so Shmuel says it's not a good Erev. Keman, who's that like? Kebeshamah. It sounds like that's like Beishamah. The Tanya, as we learn in the If you have five people that they, you know, collected bread from each of the five people for an Erev, they put it in two different uh, vessels. Beishamah says it's not a good Erev. Beishamah says it is a good Erev. So we see that Shmuel seems to be saying like Beishamah that... Um, that if you take your Erev and divide it up into two different baskets, two different Kalim, well, it's not going to be a good Erev. Because for the same reason, right? That it's called an Erev. They have to be joined together, not in two separate baskets. The Gemara says, You can even argue that what Shmuel is saying is according to Basil as well, that if the Erev is in two baskets, so then it's not going to be a good Erev. How come? Because because when Beisilel says that even if they're in two different vessels, um, it's still a good Erev, that is when they're in two different ve- two different vessels because there was too much for one vessel. So there was like overflow. So it went into the other vessel. Beisilel says, look, that's fine. Uh, but in this case, where you're literally taking the five breads and splitting them in half and putting them in two different vessels for no reason, well then... Um, you can argue that even Basil would say that that's a problem because you're dividing up the Erev and by definition Erev needs to be together as much as possible. How come I need both cases? How come I need Shmuel to give me two examples of where you have an Erev that, that, that is being divisive, 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 I don't know, divided up and he's saying that it is a um, problem. Right, he says when one person says like nobody touch my bread, that's a problem, and when they divide up the erev into two different vessels, that's also a problem. How come I need both examples? Triche, we need them. Tiashmo inan hasam. 
So if we would only have the example of the guy who says, don't touch my bread, Mishum Dekapir, because he's obviously, you know, saying, I'm not interested in joining together with you guys, nobody touch my bread. Aval Hacha, Eimalo, but by simply dividing something in half, who can, like, what's the big deal? That, right, that could still be considered a good Erev. And if you have the example of dividing the Erev into two vessels, Mishum de Palge Mipalge, it's because your mom is dividing the breads in half. They're no longer together. But when the guy says, nobody touch my bread, so that guy's being a nudnik. But the fact of the matter is, all the breads are together in one kli. So maybe that would be acceptable. So that's why I need um, Shmuel to give both examples and say in both cases, since they're being, you know, dividing things up when it comes to something that's supposed to be together, so then it's going to be a problem. Moving on. Amalei Rabbi Abel of Yehuda Bevei Matsarta Devei Rav Zakai. So Rabbi Abba said to Rabbi Yehuda, remember we had that Gemara in Brachis that talks about when um, Rabbi Abba moved, made Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael and he stopped by Rabbi Yehuda's Beis HaMedrash, Misama and Pumpadisa, one last time to learn a halacha before he went. So we said Rabbi Abba, so he was a student of Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Abba said to Rabbi Yehuda, Bevei Matsarta Devei Rav Zakai in the uh, olive press of Rav Zakai. Did Shmuel really say that if you take the Erev and put it into two different vessels, then it is not going to be a good Erev because it needs to be together? But Shmuel said that the house that they put the Erev in, right? So if you have five houses in a courtyard and they all collect some bread and put it in one of their houses. So the person who owns the house, that the house in which they put the bread, the owner of the house does not need to have a loaf of bread. So if you have five houses in the Chatzar, so you collect a loaf of bread from four of the houses, you put it in the fifth house, the person who lives in the fifth house doesn't actually need to contribute a loaf of bread. My time, and continues Rabbi Abba, how come that is? So Mistama, what, here's the reason. The reason is, Lav Mishum Da'amar, Tekevin Da'monach Basila, Kaman Da'monach Ha'chadami, is it not because we say, well, because the owner of the house, Mistama, he has a loaf of bread in his own basket. And therefore, even though it's in his own basket, we can consider it like it's together with the rest of the breads. So, Hachanami, so let's say the same thing over here. When you have, uh, uh the, the, the Arab that's divided into two baskets, came the monarch basila, command the monarch As long as it's in a vessel, it's as if they're, you know, it's kilu, they're together in the same vessel. They don't have to mamish be in the same exact vessel. Amalei, Revuda says, Hasam alfapisha ain pas. So Rebuda says, no, the reason when that, right, that the person whose house the Erev is in doesn't need to himself contribute a loaf of bread is because he actually doesn't have to contribute bread at all. It's not just that his bread is in his own basket and it's considered like it's together with the other breads in the same basket. No, he actually has no need to, no obligation to contribute a loaf of bread whatsoever. My time, how come? Because everybody's in this house. Meaning, what's the point of the Erev? The whole point of the Erev is that everybody should be living in the same house. So the other four houses, they contribute a loaf of bread and put it in this guy's house to show that they're also together, right? Because we say that a person's thought is where his food is, it's where his bread is. So therefore, if he's taking a loaf of bread and putting it in that guy's house, so they're indicating that, you know, they're, at least psychologically, they're staying in his house for Shabbos. Now, obviously, he's staying in his house for Shabbos. He doesn't need to contribute a loaf of bread to show that. He's staying in his house. And all these other people contribute bread to show that they're with him as well. But he doesn't actually need to contribute any bread at all. So therefore, so it's no kasha on Shmuel. And Shmuel would say that all these breads that are contributed would need to be in the same basket. 
Now, as the, says the Gemara, Amr Shmuel, Eruv Mishum Kinyan. So Shmuel says that what, what does an Eruv accomplish? When you take all the breads and you put it in the house, it's making some kind of a, a, of a Kinyan, of an acquisition. And it's saying that, right, by everybody by contributing their bread, they're like making an acquisition. It's like they all now jointly own this house and they're all now the owners of this like house and the chatzir and everything that's in it. Right, the house, and then, you know, it's treated like everything else, all the entire chatzar is just kind of like the property of this one house that they all jointly own. Well, if that's the case, then why do you have to use bread? Why can't you use money? Because you don't necessarily always have money available on Erev Shabbos. I don't know, maybe the assumption is that whatever money people had, maybe they were spending it immediately for a Shabbos. But what if you did make an Erev with money? Stomach should work. But so we say, no, no, even if you make an Erev with money, we'll still say that it does not work. Because what might end up happening, because we're concerned that if you make an Erev with money, well then we're concerned that you might think that actually the money is the main way to make an Erev, and to make a Kenyan, and to, and to make it everybody, like everyone's in the same property. And what's going to happen is, everyone's going to get so used to using money instead of bread, and what's going to happen is that one Shabbos, there isn't actually going to be any money available. And nobody's going to think to say, oh, well, let's use bread, because they've gotten so used to using money, they're not thinking like, let's just use bread, and when there's no money around, nobody's going to make an, they're just not going to make an Eruv whatsoever, even though they could have used bread, and clearly it's going to indicate that this whole concept of Eruv and using bread has been forgotten. So in order to make sure that Eruv doesn't be forgotten, so then don't use money at all, always use a bread so that you remember what Eruv is, and that there's this concept of joining together by way of putting food and that kind of a thing. It's interesting, it's the second time that we've seen in the last few, few days of being concerned about Eruv being forgotten. We also saw, and we're going to have to see it a little bit later because we didn't really get into detail, but we saw kind of just in passing that we said that, you know, we have, the, even when there's like Shutufe uh, Mavos, we still do Eruv Chatzero so that we don't forget about um, Eruv. Interesting that we're like concerned about forgetting about Eruv. Rabba Amar Eruv Mishum Dira. Rabbah has a different take on it. So where Shmuel says that the point of making an Erev is that you're actually making a Kenyan, and it's like everybody's like acquiring the house. Shmuel, uh, Ra- so that's what Shmuel says. So Rabbah says that the point of making an Erev is to show that everybody's living together and spending Shabbos together in this one house. Okay, fine. My Benayu, what's the Nafkamina? Ike Benayu, Kli, Ufachus, Mishav, Pruta, Vikatan. There are three Nafkaminas. One of them is if you use a Kli. So, you know, let's say a pen or something like that. You can make a Kenyan with a pen. You lift up the pen. You do a Kenyan suda. You make a you make a uh, a Kenyan a Kenyan with a pen. However, in ter- if so so if if it's in terms of Kenyan like Shmuel, well then you know you can make an Arab with a pen. But um, if the point is um, uh, living together, well you know so bread works because your mind is where the bread is. Your mind isn't necessarily where your pen is, right? Um, another nafkamina is pachus mishav pruta. What if you use bread that's less than uh, a pruta? Well. If you need bread, so in terms of dira, all you need is bread, and you use bread, so it's fine. But if it's about kinin, a kinin has to be at least a shava pruta. And finally, if you, uh, can a cotton collect the air of breads? If you say it's about living together, well then, you know, a cotton can gather the things and bring it over, like, well, you know. But if it's about a kinin, well, yeah, you know, a cotton can't make a kinin, so that's going to be a problem. But if it's about uh, just, you know, jo- gathering some bread together, so that people, it's going to be like everyone's living together, well, a cotton can uh, can gather the bread together.
Amalei Abai L'Rabba says Abai to Rabba L'Didach Kasha L'Shmuel Kasha that to you Rabba I have a question and I also have a question on Shmuel. Ha-Tanya we learn in Abai Sechamisha Shagavu Eseruvan so if you have two Chatzers that are right next to each other and so now one of the Chatzers has five houses in it and they all and they made an Eruv Chatzer so all the five houses contributed some bread and they all put it in one of the houses and then they now want to join together with the chutzar next door so that they can carry between, you know, b- between the chutzars on Shabbos. So, because as we learned, what was it, yesterday or recently, that, so the way that you would um, make this Eruv um, between two chutzars is that you would then take the Eruv from one chutzar and bring it over to the other chutzar. Right, so this chutzar that has five houses in it, they made an Arab with each other. If they want to now join together with the next chutzar, so they would just take their Arab, move it over, and put it in one of the houses in the next chutzar, and now it's like they're 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 all connected. So we say that Molichin as a so Kshahim Molichin as a roof on the Makum Acher. So when they want to move their Arab to the next chutzar to kind of join together with them, Echad Molich Lichulan. One person can just take his own bread and bring it over to the next chutzar, and that's enough to make this um, eruv. Now, who knew the kakani visula? Who knew the kadayer visula? Well, if that's the case, that right, that you're saying that that right, that eruv is about making a kenyan or about making a uh, or about living in a place. Well, then. If just one person goes and takes the bread and brings it over to the next chutzar, well, then he's just representing himself, right? So how would that work as a good, you know, how would this one guy bring over his loaf to the next chutzar work for everybody? If it's about kinyan, well, he's just making a kinyan for himself. It's about If it's about living, well, only he's the one who's considered like he's living in the next um, chutzar. To which Rabbah says, Amr that's not a good question. I mean, it's not a good question on Shmuel. This guy is representing everybody. So basically, when this one person takes his bread from the Erev and brings it over to the next Chatzar, he's basically representing his entire Chatzar and bringing it over and then making either, you know, according to Shmuel, it would be a Kenyan in the next Chatzar, or according to Rabba, it would be like he's living in the next Chatzar, but he's really just representing everybody. It's not that he's just representing himself. Amr Rabba. Amarav Rav Chama Barguria Amarav Halacha Kreb Shimon that the Halacha is like Reb Shimon and his opinion regarding these three um, Chatzars probably because he's the more Mekel opinion um, and what's interesting is that it's Amarav Chama Barguria in the name of Rav right so Rav was of the opinion was the original the initial way that we understood Reb Shimon's statement about the three Chatzars which was that uh, if the A and C make a make a make a Arab with B, so then B can uh, carry between both A and C, and A and C can carry into B, just not from A to C. That's how Rav, from the beginning of today's daf, right? So that's how Rav uh, learns the machlokas, and we're saying that that is uh, that the is like Reb Shimon according to Rav's understanding of Reb Shimon's opinion. All right, new Mishnah. Misha Baba if you have a fellow who's traveling. And then it got dark and, and it's going to be Shabbos now. And he knows that up ahead there is a tree or some kind of a fence. And he says, I'm going to spend Shabbos under this tree. He said absolutely nothing. And in the Gemara we're going to talk about what that means. But if he said something different, which is, um, I want to make my Shvisa, I want to be called a Shvisa by the trunk of the tree. Well then... As long as between where he is right now and the trunk of the tree, 
um, there is 2,000 or less Amis, he can walk there and that's where, we'll, where he will be for Shabbos. And if after the trunk of the tree to his house, there's 2,000 Amis, well then he can walk straight home uh, from where he is now, 4,000 Amis to his home. So as long as he says, you know, I know that there's a tree up ahead and the trunk of the tree is 2,000 amas from where I am. I'm going to be Konosh Visa by the trunk of the tree. And he also knows that it's another 2,000 amas until his house. Well, then he can amas just be Konosh Visa by the trunk of the tree. And he's going to walk 2,000 amas to the trunk of the tree. Continue walking another 2,000 amas to his house. And he could spend Shabbos at home. If he doesn't know that there's a tree coming up, or he doesn't know that there's, he doesn't know halacha so good, so he doesn't know that he's uh, um, capable of uh, making such a stipulation. And he said instead, look, I'm just going to accept Shabbos where I am right now. So Well then, he's been Konish Visa where he is, and he can walk 2,000 Amas in any direction from where he is right now. Agulos divreb chanina ben antigonus. So chanina ben antigonus me it says that two thousand amos that we're talking about is two thousand amos in in any direction. Meaning we view it as if he's standing in the middle of a uh, circle whose radius is two thousand amos and whose diameter is four thousand amos. I.e., you can walk from where you are in any direction two thousand amos. Vachacham or merubos ketavla. So the Rabbanon say actually we view it as if he's standing in, in the middle of a square and that square has um, is um, 2,000 what was it? The square is what, it's basically 2,000 Amis squared or I guess 4,000 Amis squared yeah that's probably what it would be probably be four, a square that is 4,000 Amis squared so basically you could walk let's say ahead of him yeah, 2,000 Amis, and behind him, 2,000 Amis. Yeah, I think that's what it would be. Right, basically, instead of a circle with a diameter of, uh, of 4,000, it would be basically a square whose sides are 4,000 uh, Amis. And the nafkamina is, is that you gain a little bit more by saying it's a square rather than a circle because, you know, you have the hypotenuse of the two right triangles that are going to be longer than, um, you know, 4,000 Amis. And 4,000 Amis, of course, being 2,000 Amis ahead of him and 2,000 Amis behind him. You guys hear that motorcycle? It's like I'm back in Chengu, in, uh, in, in Ubud, in Bali. No, it wasn't in Ubud. No, Chengu is not in Ubud. Chengu is Chengu. Ubud is Ubud. It's like when I was staying in that place in Chengu, all the way at the beginning, like the first few daf of like Masech the Brachis, before the, before the uh, pandemic, if you can remember so far back, that apartment was so loud, but it was a pretty good apartment. It was just really loud. And this is what um, the, we saw this in Mishnah the other day, but this is what we mean by a poor person who is able to make an Erev with his, by, by walking somewhere. Meaning, who's a poor person in this case? The poor person in this context is the person who's traveling and is stuck in the middle of nowhere and doesn't have any bread that he could put out. So, so in that case, you know, just by when Shabbos comes in, he's going to be Konish Visa without any bread. Um, and, uh, just, you know, by, by, by being there. So Meir says, look, um, this idea of being, uh, Konish Visa, of making an air of Truman, um, without any bread is really only for somebody who doesn't have any bread. But if you have bread, you really, you need to use the bread. Rabbi Yehuda Omer says, Rabbi Yehuda, Echad Ani, Echad Asher, 
Um, it, no, anybody can make an Erev without bread. You know, the, 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 you know, whereas, whereas our mayor says that really the best way to make an Erev, the, the, the appropriate way to make an Erev is with bread. Says of Yehuda, bread is really not necessary. Bread is just to make it easier for people who can afford to use bread, that they could send somebody out to put out some bread for them. They don't have to schlep out themselves and they don't have to wait there when Shabbos comes in. But if they want to um, uh, uh, make an Erev with their, you know, without bread, I mean, by all means, you know, the, the whole idea of putting bread is just to make it easier so you don't have to go there yourself. Says the Gemara, my law, my What does it mean that he said absolutely nothing, right? The Mishnah had said that that um, if he s- says that there's this tree ahead of me and I'm going to spend my sh- uh, you know Shabbos under the tree, he doesn't specify the tree trunk. He just says somewhere under the tree. So he says Lo Amr Klum. He hasn't said anything. Amr Rav says Rav Lo Amr Klum Kol Iker. Rav says Yeah, that's exactly what it means. He said absolutely nothing. He can't even make it to the to anywhere under the tree. He's got to stop where he is. And says Rashi, Imam, he Pasha can't go anywhere because he didn't he didn't have a mind to be where he is right now. He had a mind to be under the tree, but he can't actually go under the tree. And as Rashi says, because he didn't specify any particular Dalit Amos. If he says he's going to the tree trunk, then the Gemara says that the Mishnah said that that's fine because he's being specific. You know, I know exactly where the tree trunk is, but. If he just says somewhere under the tree, the tree can have, you know, the branches could, could extend over a whole big area. And he didn't specify any particular Dalit Amos. Therefore, you know, he can't go until the tree because he didn't specify where under the tree. And he also didn't intend to be where he is right now. So he's mamish, not Konish Visa anywhere. And he mamish can't move. That sounds rough. Shmuel Amr says, Shmuel lo Amr klum leveso. Shmuel says, no, he can't. Go all the way to his house. Because remember, we're talking about where his house was 2,000 amas away from the tree trunk. So now, theoretically, you know, if he said, let's say the tree trunk, and the tree trunk is within 2,000 amas of where he is right now, so he can walk, so he can be konish by the tree trunk, and then continue walking 2,000 amas to his house. But says Shmuel, what, what, what it means is lo amar klum in this case, when he says that he just wants to be under the tree, but not anywhere specific under the tree, it means that he's not going to be able to go home. Lo amar klum so he's not going to be able to go all the way home. But he would be able to at least make it to the, to, to under the tree. How come? It's because it's talking about where it's exactly 2,000 amis from the tree trunk to his house. But because he didn't specify that he wanted to spend Shabbos by the tree trunk, he just said under, anywhere under the tree, well, then we, because he didn't specify anywhere, we have to think the, uh, the worst possible, you know, the worst case scenario, which is that his intention was the first possible Dalit Amos under the, 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 the shade of the tree. Now that's going to be further than 2000 Amos from his house. So therefore, while he can, um, make it to the tree, he won't be able to make it all the way to his house because we have to assume that he was Konish Visa under the, you know, first, the first Dalit Amos of the tree, which is more than 2000 Amos away from his house because his house is 2000 Amos from the trunk, not from the beginning of the shade from where he is. And then under the tree becomes like the situation of the camel when the guy's trying to escort a camel and a donkey and they're both pulling him in two different directions. So basically, since he didn't specify where under the tree he wants to, you know, he tends to be spending Shabbos. So therefore, you have to kind of like both ends of the tree are pulling him in either direction. So meaning, for example, if he's trying to figure out how far away his house is, from the uh, from this tree, so then he's going to want to let's say you know start measuring from the part of the tree that's closest to his house. But we have to, but but the, but the part of the tree that's further from his house is kind of pulling in in that direction and say no, you have to start from measuring from there, from the further area, because since he didn't specify where, we have to take the more extreme one into account. And if he wants to, you know, let's say turn around and walk 
2,000 amas from where he came from and see how far he can walk in that direction, we have to say, wait, you have to start measuring from like the kind of the other side of the tree and being pulled in that direction. Basically, you know, uh, the area under the tree is pulling him in both directions to say that you have to take the larger uh, shiur when you're going to be measuring and you're basically not going, you're going to be able to get less far away. Let's say the shade area of the tree was like 30 amos, says Rashi. So then basically you have this 30 amos that you can't take into account because, you know, if you're trying to see how far in one direction you can go, so you're going to want to start measuring 2000 amos from from like the, you know, the closer end of the tree, but then you're being pulled by the further end of the tree because maybe that's where you were Konish Visa, so you have to start measuring from there. And if you want to see like how far in the other direction towards your house you can go, so you want, you're going to want to start going from, uh, you know, the further, uh, shade of the tree, end of the tree. Well, then the other tree is going to be pulling you and you have to start kind of measuring from there. You know, because he didn't specify where under the tree he's, he's planning to spend Shabbos. So then like when measuring how far you can go, you have to, you know, basically, be pulled to the further um, side of the tree um, because you didn't specify. So, you know, for all we know that you, you, you meant the further one. So you basically lose the area under the tree in your counting of 2,000 Amis. I hope that was clear enough. However, that was the Memtes of Mesechta Ervin. So let's us, let us review what we talked about. So we talked about Reb Shimon's opinion about the three Chatzers, Reb Yudas in the name of Rav, that basically Chatzer... Um, B can interact with C and A and they can interact with it and it's no problem. Whereas Rebutus says the name of Shmuel that actually Reb Shimon's opinion is that um, Chatzar's A and C can interact with B but B cannot interact with either Chatzar, uh, with either A nor C. Um, someone who is, who is Makbid on his Erev, right? We said that if somebody uh, contributes to the Erev but says nobody touch my loaf of bread so Rebutus says the name of Shmuel that that's a problem and it will be a, a puzzle Erev. Rav Hanina said that it is um, okay but you're called like one of these Makbid Vardima people. We talked about the mechanics of an Erev. Why, you know, why does an Erev actually work? Shmuel says that you're making a Kenyan, that it's like everybody jointly owns this house. Whereas Rabbah says, no, it's like everybody's living together. No, not, you know, whoever owns the house owns the house, but they're all spending Shabbos together in the same place. Then we talk about being Kona Shvisa under a distant tree. Um, so if you say, I want to be under this tree, but not particularly under the, um, um, like, uh, trunk of the tree. So Rav says, well, you, you push it, can't move from where you are. You screwed it up. Shmuel says that you could walk until the tree, but you're going to be unable to continue walking past the tree to get to your house because we have to, you know, uh, take sort of the more extreme part of the tree into consideration and, you know, be nervous, you know, say that you're, you're not going to suffice to get 2,000 amas to your house because you have to start measuring from the further part of the tree. Chevre, um, that was Daf Memtes. Hope you enjoyed. Peace.